her boyfriend had a drone and he flew it off a cliff, never returned, never saw it again. RIP drone. Colin Farrell is Irish. He is the nicest guy ever. I've met him like three, three times, I think. So this is a hurl. The Wild Atlantic Way is a very famous route, like a driving route that goes along the west of Ireland. I think it's like the most beautiful place in the entire country. Big sheer cliffs that kind of recede into the distance. Welcome to another episode of these Corners of the World Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly O'Brien. We are in a completely new location today. This is my, I can't say childhood room, but this is the room that my parents moved to when I was like a teenager. So this is my teenage room, I guess. Um, so that is in Ireland, in the countryside. I have this snazzy little, what do you call it? Like a ring light, I think my mom had. I don't know what she uses this for but it, I found it so I'm using it and yeah basically I'm home for Christmas I've been here for about two weeks now I haven't lived in Ireland for around a few years now but I do come home for Christmas and stuff like that I am absolutely dying so I meant to actually do an Ireland related podcast from Ireland um when I got here because today is actually Christmas day I won't upload this for a little while but recording it on Christmas day and the reason that I'm a little behind is I'm actually, I was just dying sick and it was either, I went to the doctor and she said it was either bad chest infection or mild pneumonia, which is obviously not what you want ever, <laughs> no less at Christmas. So I arrived home sick. I continued to be worse and worse. And I think today is actually the first day I'm feeling a bit better. I still have, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm still a bit sick. Uh, I have these antibiotics that I'm taking some other stuff like uh OptiBac it's like a probiotic for people on antibiotics to like not wreck your gut health completely I don't really like having to take antibiotics but you know needs must so yeah I'm feeling a bit better today but you can probably still hear that I'm a bit under the weather still but mentally I feel a lot better so I know that I'm coming out of it which is great because actually tomorrow I'm flying back to Malaga and then onwards to Morocco for New Year's but for the moment we're going to talk about Ireland since we're in Ireland. <laughs> um, I am quite prepared today if you're watching this on YouTube you'll see I have a quite extensive bucket of notes here and I want to talk about everything related to Ireland. That's quite broad. <laughs> I would say everything you need to know is an introduction to Ireland because I have like a lot of friends abroad these days and they ask me quite um, interesting things about Ireland sometimes because I kind of assumed people knew certain things and they definitely don't. Even, for example, the other day someone asked me what I meant when I said I was flying on Stephen's Day. Stephen's Day is December 26th. I thought that was universal. Apparently it's not. That's an Irish thing. Even in the UK, they call it Boxing Day. I have no idea if they call it stuff other than that in uh, other countries. But for me, it's Stevens's Day. And it was really weird that I, you know, that the person didn't realize what I meant. 
but it is December 26th tomorrow. So I'm flying tomorrow. So this is my last chance to do this podcast. Um, let me see. If you hear any background noises, please ignore them. There's a lot of animals that are around this house. And my mom is a bit eccentric and likes to talk baby talk at the animals. So if you hear any barking and uh, odd singing, that is that is fine. Just ignore it. Um, yeah, basically, what am I going to start with? Firstly, I got a drone. How cool is that? I've never had a drone before. My boyfriend had a drone and it met a kind of a an unfortunate end. We went to Cape Verde, which is a group of islands off the coast of um, Africa. And Africa is a large continent. Uh, the, the west coast of Africa towards the top. Um, a bit lower than Morocco, but not too far. I can't remember it, it, what countries it's across from. It might be Sudan. I'm not sure, but it's a group of African islands. And we went there and my boyfriend had a drone and he flew it off a cliff. And I guess the wind took it or something happened. It kind of disappeared into the distance and then lost connection. Never returned, never saw it again. RIP drone. Well, I have a drone myself now and I'm going to bring it places. So keep an eye out on my social media, these corners of the world on Instagram and uh, TikTok. I'm going to cough. Sorry. <coughs> Still not 100% better. Um, keep an eye on my social media for drone footage because I'm sure you'll be seeing lots of that. I've been going around the house. If you're watching on YouTube, I might put some um, some clips in here, but I've been playing around with it outside my house in Ireland, uh, just flying over the house and looking into the fields beyond and trying to figure out, you know, the controls and stuff because it's the first time I've actually manually driven. A, what do you what do you call it? Flown? Flown a drone. So that's going to be cool. Um, and while I've been sick, I've still been able to, you know, go on little walks around my house and visit the new animal arrivals because I have it written down actually like in the house at the moment we have I have to there's so many animals I have to actually write a list of how many animals are in this house so you can't move without running into an animal here there's like three dogs two cats a turtle um two guinea pigs there were some ray birds for a while which are kind of they're like they're not ostriches they're not they're not quite emus. They're R-H-E-A, ray birds. Um, but they they didn't do so well and they died. So they're not here. But there is a new pig, a pet pig, and there's two new ponies. So that's been quite nice to go out into the fields and interact with these ponies. And um, I might show some clips of them here if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, then sorry. <laughs> or go to YouTube. <laughs> Uh, the pig has been quite interesting. The pig's name is Iggy. It's kind of furry. It has black hair and it's kind of a character actually. I didn't realize you could have pet pigs but my mom loves animals and she's always kind of like extending the animal family here in Ireland. But the pig is quite interesting. I was kind of afraid of it at first because it's quite substantial. You know it's a large thing. Um and it kind of runs quite fast. Like they go take it for walks and stuff and it's making little piggy oink sounds in the pen. And then my mom's like, oh, she wants to go for a walk. So she opens the gate and the, the pig just boom, shoots out 
it's like rubbing itself on like trees, scratching itself and like running around with the dogs as if it's also a dog and wants to get back scratches and it's it's a it's a pretty like strange thing I, even though this is a like a podcast about Ireland and stuff this is not like the typical Irish experience or maybe it is maybe it is because the typical Irish experience in my experience is just things that are really random like Irish people are really random and they will do weird things and just be like yeah did this weird thing it was fun yeah so maybe it is a typical Irish experience but not everyone has a pig is, is what I meant by that so yeah I'm gonna basically tell you about like Ireland Irish things maybe I'll do a different Irish specific podcast in the future but for now it's kind of like you know uh common questions you might have had about Ireland um Obviously, the best places to go if you visit Ireland, I have some thoughts about that being a travel podcast and, ha- you know, I when I left Ireland a few years ago too, I didn't know I was going to go live abroad and never return. But at the time I was like, you know, going to travel for an extensive period, I decided I didn't want to go abroad and have people ask me about Ireland without having experienced all of Ireland myself. So I took, I think, was it maybe two, three weeks And I went all over Ireland to all the tourist attractions that I hadn't been to before, just to be able to say that I'd been there. And it was really an amazing experience, actually. So I'll talk a bit about that and, uh, you know, just some kind of random facts you might not know about Ireland, such as, uh, did you know that Halloween was actually an Ireland, an Irish thing? Like, Halloween wouldn't exist right now if Ireland didn't exist. So that's kind of interesting. So let's get started. Basically... Being Irish abroad, there are some things that people ask me and I'm like, how do you not know this? But I guess people don't. And the first one, I hate to start with it. I really hate to start with it. But people are always asking me if Ireland is part of the UK. That's that's like the the good um, way that that conversation goes, because uh, sometimes it also goes with that. I've realized a person just thinks that Ireland is a part of the UK isn't asking, like actually is saying oh, you guys are in the UK. And I'm just like, no, no, we're not. No. He's like, but you, and like, they'll actually even talk back about it, knowing that I'm Irish. So we just want to say this for all my friends who are listening, who are not from Ireland. Ireland, the Republic of Ireland is not part of the UK. Basically, a very, very brief overview. The UK did invade and rule Ireland for around 700 years, way back when. excuse me, we eventually achieved independence because, you know, we didn't, we didn't take it peacefully. We didn't just accept it. There was guerrilla warfare. There was uprisings. There was political unrest. In 1916, there was the Easter Rising, which was um, a bloody fight, to put it, you know, in very basic terms. And uh, this led to the UK basically saying, fine, Irish Free State approved. You can have the country back. But they didn't give all of the country back. They kept six counties in the north of Ireland, which is Northern Ireland today. And it's complicated, but the reason that the UK did that, instead of just saying, hey, okay, fine, here's all of the island back, we'll go home now. They did it to create, you know, civil unrest and uh, ensure that Irish people were fighting each other. After that happened, instead of, you know, banding together and perhaps... um, exacting revenge or whatever on the UK like this is a tactic it's a military tactic it has been done by others it has been done in other places by the UK like in India and stuff like that um 
it is effective. Is it cool? No, not cool. And it's still, you know, having ramifications today. But we won't go into that at the moment. Just know that the northern part of Ireland, Northern Ireland, is still governed by the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland, which is, you know, the vast majority of the island, uh, is a free state, is a republic. Hope that answers that question. But if you have any other questions, I'd be happy to answer them if you know me in person or comment somewhere here below if it's on YouTube or uh, send me an email or social media I'm happy to explain (laughs) the intricacies but yeah and if you ever wonder like why Irish people get a bit testy if you you know make the mistake about are they from the UK are they not from the UK we won't get angry if you just ask if you don't know and then you just say hey by the way are you from you know blah 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 then we will just be like no 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 because xyz and it will be fine don't be afraid to ever ask But if you kind of assume that we're British, um, it happens to a lot of Irish celebrities abroad. They're in interviews and they say that they're from the UK and the Irish celebrities have to say, no, no, I'm not. And there is that undercurrent of like, you know, get lost kind of a thing. As in like the Irish person in question is always a bit like annoyed about it. But I mean, I think that that's fairly fair. I think that it's, um, there have been so many hundreds of years of oppression um, that, you know, we've kind of earned the right to be our own country and for people to know it's an independent country. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. The second one is people are always asking, like, do you speak Irish? I had one person one time say, oh my God, your English is so good. And I was like, well, okay, thanks. (laughs) Like I grew up speaking English. I speak English natively. That is my first language. Um, again, it's because of British rule. It was illegal to speak Ireland. Speak Ireland. It was illegal to speak Irish for, you know, basically the entirety of, of British rule. I think now, did that mean Ireland Irish wasn't spoken? No, because people still spoke it under the radar, you know, and it was still preserved in that way. Having said that, it was greatly diminished. Um, the population of Ireland at the moment is five point five million. At uh, the Republic of Ireland. And yet the number of Irish speakers, I think the latest census said it was 1.8 million people so that they could speak Irish. But then actually, coincidentally, the only the other day, there was like a report that said of those people, like not all of them are like super fluent. Some of them speak it quite poorly. Um, you know, the predominantly Irish speaking areas are over in the west of the, the country. So from north to south, like far over in the west, like Donegal. Uh, some in Clare, I think. Um, there's a lot in Kerry, some in Cork. Um, they would be called the Gaeltacht areas. And some people there do grow up fluent, do grow up as a first language Irish. Uh, not super many, but uh, it is being preserved over there. And I, I'm not super sure, but I think that's as a result of the whole to Haller to Connacht kind of campaign that the British ran forever ago when they did rule Ireland and when they did invade they uh, were saying, you know, you can stay here and be ruled by us or you can go to Connacht, which is a place in the far west, which was a more mountainous kind of region with lots of cliffs. It's right by the Atlantic Ocean. It was like harder to farm there. It was more, wasn't, you know, as arable a land as maybe the mid section or the east of Ireland. So that's where the British kind of concentrated their, um, what's the word, colonization 
because uh, they, you know, farmland and stuff was more um, valuable. So they kind of shoved people to the the west of the country who didn't want to comply with this. So the to hell or to Connacht was the the phrase at the time. So I think that that's why uh, the Irish speaking areas are over in the west at the moment because that's where Irish was most uh, predominantly spoken you know, back in the day. And that kind of just kept on going, I think, as a tradition. Um, schools in Ireland do still teach Irish. So from, you know, what age do you go to school? Three, four, up until the age of 18, unless there's any reason like that maybe your parents don't want you to learn Irish. I don't know even if that's a thing, like, but maybe if you're foreign, you might not be, you know, have to learn Irish. Or maybe I think if people are dyslexic, they might not have to learn Irish. But most people in Ireland uh, growing up here would have to speak and learn Irish in school until the age of 18. Now, I don't think it's taught particularly fantastically because it's seen more of a chore and not as like a fun thing. I certainly didn't think it was fun. I thought it was definitely a chore and I hit 18, I passed my exams and I like never went back to Irish. I never spoke it again until like recently I've been trying to learn a bit more on Duolingo because it really is a beautiful language. I, I spoke a bit at a wedding recently in Scotland. Even though they have Scots Gaelic, it's it's not as predominant as Irish is in Ireland, but it's a similar language. Um, but uh, they were like, oh, it sounds like Elvish <laughs> or Elvin, or, you know, well, whatever, like Lord of the Rings type stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's kind of cool. And it is a beautiful language. Anwil Kedagum Dulgadir Letters, Mashe the Holly is a phrase I always say when people ask me to speak Irish. It just means, can I go to the bathroom, please? Because it's the most thing ingrained in you as a as a kid because you would have to ask the teacher, the muntor, is that how you pronounce it, muntor? You'd have to ask them in Irish, can I go to the bathroom? So that's always the first thing that comes to my my brain when people say, speak Irish, monkey. I always say that. <laughs> I never really tell them that that's what it means. They just, and they never really ask, but um, yeah, because it's not very... Um, what's the word romantic like it sounds very romantic when you're talking in Irish then when you learn that it says can I go to the bathroom <laughs> it kind of loses its charm um yeah what next some lingo we have some lingo going on here basically I have a milder Irish accent now than I used to basically because I moved abroad <clears throat> and people couldn't really understand me I think over time my accent became a bit more um I don't want to say dumbed down just milder I would say and I've stopped using some of the lingo like some of the slang words not really like on purpose just I think subconsciously I've stopped using some of them um but I want to go through some of them now sorry I'm gonna cough again <coughs> oh god I'm so sick getting better though um some you may have heard of like the most most famous one is probably crack c-r-a-i-c and it's not like crack as in the crack of a broken splinter of wood and it's certainly not crack as in crack cocaine over in the states or well I guess you can get that other, other, outside the states but that's you know having watched u.s tv shows that's just what I associate it with but it's uh it means fun or like a good time as in like I went to a party last night it was great crack like it was great fun you can also say it about a person like oh john is great crack John is great fun. Or Sally is no crack. Sally is no fun. Or um, what's the other way? There's no crack off her. M means also she's not fun. 
<laughs> so that's probably you might have heard of that one before. And another one you might have heard before is grand. So if you say to an Irish person <clears throat> or ask them, you know, how was your weekend? And they say it was grand. Outside of Ireland, you might think grand meant, you know, majestic, amazing. But in Ireland, grand is like, fine. Okay. Passable. Um, decent. Yeah. Decent is a good one. And uh, I always think that's, I don't know where it comes from, but that's what basically if an Irish person says something is grand. It doesn't mean majestic. It just means, it means okay. Another one is sucking diesel. <laughs> I love this one because it's never really explained and I've, I've not seen many people explain this but sucking diesel is something you would say maybe it's a country Irish thing I'm not sure but it's something you would say when something's going really well like let's say that um you oh, I don't know something that just started kind of slowly and now it's like ramping up basically you'd say now we're sucking diesel like now we're going really fast now it's going well <laughs> it's I know it's it's odd um sound not not what you think not not a actual sound that you would hear but like someone is sound means someone is really nice it's actually a really really good high compliment I would say like oh Teresa she's sound or she's sound out like she's a really nice person like she's really cool <laughs> um your man is one that I've been trying to um teach to my boyfriend and he keeps saying it but he says it in like the wrong context quite often uh your man or your one your man is probably easier to understand it means your I guess would be that so your man is like that man and your one is like that woman one is woman I don't know why um so like your one over there you could kind of say it if you knew the person like and you're kind of maybe being a bit cheeky and like taking the piss out of them a bit like, oh, who, who's your one, eh? Who's your one thing she is? But like predominantly it's used in a, in a kind of a stranger person context. Like you don't know that person's name. It's like, how do you, how did you get that um, sandwich? Oh, your one sold it to me, you know, because you don't know her name because she was just someone who works in a shop. Like, you're, it's a stranger to you. I always thought that one was funny because I thought that one was kind of universal almost, but it is very much not. And the last one I want to go through of the of the lingo is gas. Gas as in G-A-S. So not like gas that you would uh, you'd smell gas or like gas as a as a fuel. Gas is like someone who's like hilarious. It's like, oh my God, he's gas. He's a gas man. Like he's hilarious. Or uh a situation could also be, it's, it's predominantly like a person, I, I would i would say, but you, a situation could also be gas, but you would most likely say crack actually for for a, for like a party was, was great crack and a person was gas. Gas crack is a, <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> gas crack is a thing. Yeah. Oh, he was gas crack. Let's draw a line under that immediately. <laughs> Names for Ireland. So Ireland is era e-i-r-e that is just the direct translation of ireland in the irish language era another name is like the emerald emerald isle you've probably heard of that one that's just like a cute like romantic nickname basically because of you know it's a green landscape emerald is a green um gemstone emerald isle isle it's an island fine but there's one i really love as well and not many people outside of ireland know it and it's ashling 
Ashling being a very common girl's name. Um, what happened here with the exposure? Uh, a girl's name called Ashling, and you might be wondering, like, how does that have anything related to Ireland, the place? Well, it goes back to basically when the United Kingdom ruled Ireland for those aforementioned 700 years or so. It was, you know, illegal to speak Irish, but it was also illegal to, I guess, romanticize Ireland as a, as a nation in itself, you know, um, trying to get rid of the nationalistic sentiment. So you weren't allowed to, you know, write books or poetry or songs like about Ireland, romanticizing Ireland or Irishness, that kind of thing. So at the time, poets and writers and stuff, they, they called it Ashland. They would write about this beautiful maiden called Ashling. They would write songs about her. But actually, Ashling wasn't a person. It was the island of Ireland. So I always thought that was a cute one that I wanted to tell people about. Um, mentioning earlier, famous Irish people having to defend that they're Irish and not, you know, when people call them British. I want to, like, basically <laughs> tell you some Irish people. I've met some of them. So because I used to be um, a journalist for a newspaper here. Um, at the start of that career, I was like a showbiz journalist for a while. So I got to meet some like famous people, famous Irish people as well. Um, my favorite was Will Ferrell actually, but he's not Irish, so I can't shoe. Or I did, I did just shoehorn that in. So that's fine. I got that done. Um, but some I haven't met, some I have met. I'll tell you, um, who the most famous Irish people are basically. Um, Saoirse Ronan, I don't think many people can claim that she's British because, her name is quite Irish, Saoirse Ronan. She's a famous actress. You probably have heard of her. Um, Liam Neeson, he's Irish. I didn't really like him because he was at the Irish Film and Television Awards one year that I was covering it for the newspaper. Excuse me. <coughs> Still dying. Um, and I can't really say I met him because um, he just ignored all of us, all of the media waiting to talk to him. We were waiting there for like hours and he was, you know, the um, the main guest of honor. I think he was receiving some special award from the Irish Film and Television Awards, like industry. And, you know, as part of that, you would think that he would have to, you know, say even a few words to a few journalists to like promote the event. But he, after us waiting there for hours, just like completely blew past us and the staff at the uh, award ceremony were like, um, we're trying to get him to come back out. Like, we're sorry. And you know, he didn't, he didn't come back out. So that was kind of like, I didn't really like that. Maybe he was having a really bad day. Maybe he hates the media for some reason. Maybe someone said something that wasn't true about him. Certainly we weren't that type, you know, I was working for a broadsheet, not a tabloid. So, but Hey, you know, everyone has those days. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with it, but I don't really like him because of that. And until something else happens, it changed my mind. I'm kind of like, mm, it's a no for Liam Neeson, but he is Irish. Bono is Irish. So you too, the band is Irish. Colin Farrell is Irish. He is the nicest guy ever. Like he is honestly so nice. I've met him like three, three times, I think. And from the second time onwards, he actually recognized me and was like, hey. And like, like, I mean, we, I mean, I interviewed him, but like, it wasn't longer than a few, you know, minutes interaction, like 10, 15, 20 minutes. I can't even remember, but you know, it wasn't like a, a long interaction and he must, I must have been one of like, I don't know, 20, 30 journalists he met in that one day and how many journalists must he meet every day? Well, maybe not every day, but like in a year, probably quite a lot. And, you know, he was just super nice and super personable and was like, hey, how's it going? And 
just like really nice vibe off him. So I thought he was like really lovely. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, Irish. Uh, that was James Bond um, actor. Uh, Graham Norton, despite his accent, is actually from Cork in Ireland. Killian Murphy, of course, is Irish. Another Irish name. So perhaps you wouldn't um, mistake him for being any other nationality. He's apparently quite shy. I've never met him. Even though like I was working in Cork as a journalist. Um, but by all accounts, I've heard that he's very nice, just quite shy and like is more into, you know, acting than publicity. So fair enough. Brendan Gleeson, Jamie Dornan. Uh, I did meet him, but he's he's also quite shy and I don't think he very likes the media very much, but uh, he, he was very nice. Now, most relevant to travel enthusiasts, best places to actually travel in Ireland. And first I have to get a gripe out of my system because I've met so many people across the world that say, oh, you're Irish. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I've been to Ireland. I was like, oh yeah, where'd you go? Oh, I went to Dublin one weekend. We went out and got drunk and then we left. And because I'm like (laughs) trying not to be a horrible person, I'm always like, oh, cool. Like you must come back someday and see the countryside, like trying in a polite way to say, you know, you didn't really see Ireland. You went to Dublin and got drunk and then left. And I, you know, I do have a little bit of a beef with Dublin because I just don't feel like it's indicative of the Irish, um, of Irishness that much anymore. Like it's very multicultural city, which is fine and it's great and it's progressive, but, um, you know, there's like a lot of problems that come with, you know, big cities, you know, homelessness, um, drug addiction, the people I think can get a little bit colder and a little bit less friendly. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy about going to Dublin anymore, even though I don't live too far away from it. You know, my home house isn't too far away from Dublin. It is in the countryside, but it's, it's a drive to Dublin from here. It'd be only about an hour and a half, maybe. So I'm, I'm not mad about people saying that they have seen Ireland because they went to Dublin for a weekend once. I think that you should really go to Ireland during like the summer months to see, you know, have the best chance of going to more nature things that you know in summer at least open because I mean if you go in winter you don't have as much daylight and there's more of a chance of bad weather conditions meaning that the um the certain thing you want to go to might be closed like the cliffs of more basically they might be closed if there's a storm or something so come in the summer months for sure June July August July and August probably better and um um, get out of Dublin, basically. You'll probably fly into Dublin. You could fly into Cork or Shannon, but <coughs> let's be real, it's cheaper to fly into Dublin from most European countries and from the United States. So you're probably going to end up in Dublin and just just get out of it. Just rent a car or, or get a bus somewhere um, and go see some of the natural, probably rent a car because I'm about to suggest some places that aren't on like bus routes and stuff. Um, and just maybe in a week would be a good a good amount of time to see like a lot of stuff too would be ideal but a week you could see a lot um and the number one place i think you should go is the cliffs of moher that i just mentioned moher being spelled m o h e r i was very lucky to um go to university quite near to the cliffs so i've been like a number of times and it is just like i think it's like the most beautiful place in the entire country big sheer cliffs that kind of recede into the distance um 
I might put a, a photo up if you're watching on YouTube here. <coughs> wow, all this talking is really getting me. <laughs> My illness flaring up again. Hopefully I can make it to the end. Uh, so that's number one. Perhaps I should have started at seven and worked my way up, but here we go. I've done one now. That's the order we're going in. Uh, the Cliffs of Moher are in Clare. So the second most, uh, uh play, the, the second place that I feel like people should visit is actually a place I visited for the first time only a couple of years ago. I hadn't really been on my radar too much. It's actually Glendalough in Wicklow. It is a sixth century monastery, old monastery. Um, but it's in like the most beautiful setting. There's like a lake and a forest and some trails. There's a waterfall. Um, just a stunning natural beauty. I'm gonna have to take more water. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Glendalock really blew me away when I went there. I think it was about two years ago I went there for the first time. And, uh, yeah, loved it. Number three, I would say, is the Giant's Causeway. It is actually in Northern Ireland, but it's extremely beautiful. And it's very unique because there are all these stones that have formed in, like, hexagonal shapes, like pillars almost. And it's as a, as a result of, like, volcanic activity. If you go, they'll explain the full thing, but it's to do with, like, how fast certain stones cool and they cool in this certain form if they, if they do. Um, but there's, like, um, a similar formation over on the coast of Scotland that kind of links up to it you know what I mean um so there's like this legend that how it formed so how it formed was volcanic activity and stuff but there's a cool little legend that goes along with it and briefly it's um that there used to be a giant called Fionn McCool who lived in the area and he wanted to create a kind of a maybe a road like over the sea with stones to Scotland to go and face his rival. I have it written down his name. Benan Donner. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but I, I, I may not be. But basically he went over and he um, saw this giant somehow without the giant seeing him. And he realized that, that his rival was like, Ben and Donner was like extremely big. And Fionn McCool was like, I don't actually want to pick a fight with him after all. So um, I don't know whether he stayed there and pretended this or whether he came back to Ireland. I think he came back to Ireland and told his wife, I've made a mistake. <laughs> and the wife apparently, uh, I might be butchering the story, but the, the wife apparently convinced him somehow to like dress up as a baby. So uh, Fionn McCool pretended he was like a baby. Ben and Donner like apparently came over then to Ireland um, maybe he found out that Fionn had like created this road or that he had come and sn snuck in and oh, I don't know how, but like Ben and Donner came to see the giant Fionn McCool and, uh, apparently was convinced that Fionn McCool was this baby and then thought, oh, if this is Fionn McCool's baby, how bloody big is Fionn McCool? He must be bigger than me. So Ben and Donner ran away and as he was going, like ripped up the middle part of the, the stone road, which was, you know, the remains of which are now the Giant's Causeway in Northern Ireland. I don't know what it's called in Scotland or if it's called the same thing or not, but yeah, there's a cute little story for you. Number four, I would say... Now, I've looked at a few lists in preparation for this just to see if people were corroborating what I was saying. I, I didn't see this on many lists, but the Aran Islands, I think, are hugely worth a visit for, for people coming from abroad. Because, so Ireland is an island, but there are like various little tiny islands off 
like predominantly the west coast of Ireland. And some of them are like, they're like stepping through time. Like you get a boat there and you, um, if anyone has seen the film The Guard, is it The Guard with Brendan Gleeson? And then also there's a, as a recent one with, uh, I think also Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, which was, oh God, with the Banshees in a Sharon. I haven't seen that one, but I, as far as I know, that one is set on an island, which is fictional, but based on one of the tiny islands off the coast of Ireland. And it is basically stepping back in time. You know, there's like these tiny uh, stone roads and beautiful green fields and little you know, ruins of little monastic sites and uh, sheep. <laughs> Um, I think Bear Grylls once did an episode in on one of the islands, or maybe it was the West. I, I shouldn't have brought that up because I don't actually know. But he went to the area anyway, and he like I think he got into a sheep carcass, you know, as as a what to do to survive in Ireland. <laughs> I mean, conditions aren't that dire. You're not going to have to sleep in a sheep carcass. We have hotels, but yeah, it's it's quite. You could. He definitely pretended he was in more wilderness than than he was in. But that is the kind of landscape that you would have there. Just sheep and like kind of looks like there's nothing really there. But I mean, there is. There's roads and stuff on these tiny islands. And actually, <laughs> I'm not sure how true this is today. But a, a while ago, many years ago, I heard this story about how there's no um, police force on the island so that when the police come over from the mainland on the ferry, the ferryman rings ahead and says, lads, the police are coming. The Gardaí is what we call them in Ireland. Like the guards are, the Gardaí are coming. Um, and apparently people don't license their, have, have driving licenses. Some people don't have tax or insurance on their cars, which is illegal. But because there's no police on the island, they get away with it. So when the police are coming to the island and the ferryman rings ahead, apparently people just get out of their cars, leave them on the side of the road, and like walk home and wait until the police are like not on the island anymore so that they don't get caught doing all this. Because I mean, to the police, it's just a car not registered to anyone. They don't know who it is and stuff. And I, I guess like they turn a blind eye to like a lot of this island stuff because it's, yeah, it's very... um it's almost like the purest form of anarchy right like people think anarchy is this lawlessness of like the world is burning down like but actually anarchy in its purest form is the lack of law because it's not needed like that everyone is like kind of self-governing and and I think I think anyway that's what I gathered and it's kind of like that on the islands I think um there's no closing time in pubs like I, I think maybe it's changed nowadays I don't know it was many years ago that I heard these things um, that like if you wanted to you could just stay in if someone was willing to stay and serve you until all hours of the night that you could just stay there until like the early hours of the morning drinking I wouldn't because I don't drink anymore but <laughs> if you're into that perhaps that could be a good place for you to go um, these islands that I'm mentioning here there's a few of them but the Aran Islands are quite good to go to there's three of them Inish Or, Inish Man, Inish Moor probably Inish Moor is where you would go they're off the coast of Galway um, but yeah, Google it there. It's really random to go to, but like, if you want the authentic Irish experience, definitely go there. And if you do go to a pub, there'll probably be some Kaylee going on. Like someone will just pull out a tin whistle out of their pocket and like someone else will produce like a guitar or a recorder or violin or something. And suddenly there'll just be this like mad Kaylee going on in the corner of a pub. <laughs> 
that has happened a few times a few times it happens as well where someone wants to sing a cappella and then they go around the whole pub and they tell people to shush which can be quite annoying because you're not there for music you're there to talk to your friends or something and then someone is going around going shh, shh, shh. then you have to listen to this woman in the corner just singing a cappella for like 10 minutes anyway that was a complete ramble uh number six i would say killarney national park purely because people rave about it so much and i've been there like once or twice it didn't blow me away um but uh, uh torque waterfall is like a beautiful place to go so I, I think that because i didn't see it extensively and i didn't go so i've only been there once that i think it should be on the list because it is a beautiful place and people rave about it and there's like deer and stuff and it's very um nature orientated um number seven is a bit of a or sorry number four was iron islands Number five, I skipped one, sorry. Number five is actually Newgrange. Newgrange is like a 5,000 year old passage tomb in, I think it's Meath. And I don't know why this isn't more um, famous. It's it's famous in Ireland. And on the winter solstice, the 21st of December every year, it's famous because um, if the conditions are right and there's no clouds, a beam of light can go directly into the tomb and lights up this like box above the door and go straight in like the passage of the tomb and like mathematically it's quite cool apparently because this was like 5000 bc like this is insanely old this is older than the pyramids in egypt this is older than stonehenge and like mathematically these people who built this were able to like pinpoint exactly where the light would go at this this day of the shortest day of the year insane um and every year there's a lottery actually because people there's a small tomb space inside it that people can actually crawl into it. I've been there, but not on the winter solstice. But if you want to see the, the light show thing, you can go in. I'm not sure how many, like maybe between five and 20 people. I'm not sure, but it's a small space. So there's a lottery every year for, you know, if you want to um, get lucky enough and be picked to be one of the people who can stand inside it. So that's quite a cool thing. To be honest, it's like Ireland's Stonehenge. And yet Stonehenge is like... Um, Stonehenge is like famous the world over and nobody outside of Ireland seems to know of Newgrange so that's I definitely think that should be on my list. Number six was Killarney National, Killarney National Park which I just mentioned. Number seven is the last one and it's a bit of a cop-out because it's not one place it's many but castles definitely go see a castle in Ireland. My favorite well I'm biased but my favorite one is Kilkenny Castle because I'm from Kilkenny and I used to work in the art gallery in the basement of that castle which was like such a surreal experience it was really cool. Um, but there's also Blarney Castle, which is in Cork, which is um, where the Blarney Stone is. And that's where if you kiss the Blarney Stone, for some reason, you have to bend over backwards to kiss it. You can't just kiss it straight on for some reason. I don't know. And with Corona rules, perhaps they don't even do this anymore. But, you know, you used to be able to kiss the Blarney Stone and you would get the gift of the gab like that the Irish had. So very popular with American tourists who come here to see their heritage. Um uh, stuff like that uh, there's also the rock of cashel in tipperary so um that one is a good one to go to as well wow i have so many things should i do a two-parter how long have i been um recording i don't even know 42 minutes maybe i should do a two-parter well no i'll just push on if my battery dies it dies um random facts we have reached the random facts phase about Ireland, of course. Halloween began in Ireland because it was based on an ancient festival um, by the Celtic people. It was called Samhain 
And people would uh, dress up to ward off evil spirits. You would pretend to be an evil spirit yourself and then the evil spirits uh, wouldn't recognize you and wouldn't bother you, basically. Uh, it became commercialized and went all over the globe. So um, now we have Halloween. <laughs> um, I think uh, Samhain, the word translates as darker half. So it was just a celebration of um, of winter coming, essentially. Um, random fact number two. Oh, yes, there is a festival here that <laughs> crowns a goat as king for like three days. And when I say that, it sounds kind of, it sounds weird, but it's very normal here, actually. I've, you know, I've never actually gone to this festival, but apparently it's quite good fun. They also crown a queen, which is the, a schoolgirl. So they kind of marry a, a young schoolgirl to a goat. <laughs> They're like the king and queen of the fair. It's called Puck Fair. Puck, you know, relating to what uh, male rams would do to each other, you know, with horns and stuff. Um, it's in Kerry, of course it is, because all the weirdest stuff comes from Kerry. Um, it's around August. It's very ancient. No one really knows the origin. Uh, they do release the goat, I think, after three days. I, I don't know exactly what they do these days, but in, in olden days, they used to like catch a goat, crown it king, and three days later, like let it go again. Um, they don't kill the goat or anything. Uh, number three, there's no snakes in Ireland. There's never been any snakes in Ireland. Um, legend has it that St. Patrick drove them out, but I mean, there was never snakes in Ireland before that, so that was just an allegory or something. Um, number four, I thought, well, okay, I'll skip that one because that's the most interesting one and I'll do that last, but number four, uh, the national symbol of Ireland. It is not a pint of Guinness. It's not even a shamrock or a four-leaf clover. It's a harp. I thought that was quite nice because most people, I think, would think it was a shamrock. And the last random fact is that there's more Irish people outside of Ireland than there are inside of Ireland. There's about 80 million people abroad who claim like very recent Irish heritage or even have Irish passports. Um, and only 5.5 million in Ireland. There you go. Emigration, eh? Oh, we have more facts. Sorry. Which will I keep to the last? Uh, one of the oldest pubs in the world is in Ireland, if not the oldest pub. It's called Sean's Bar. It's in Athlone, in County Roscommon. I've been there. It's quite cool. Still completely functional. Um, it was set up in 900 AD. That, that's old. The remains of St. Valentine are on display in a church in Dublin. I've seen them. It's very macabre. The Wild Atlantic Way is a very famous route, like a driving route that goes along the west of Ireland. Um, and it is the largest sorry, longest coastal route in coastal driving route in the entire world, which is quite cool. It is a beautiful drive. It's long, like, but it's, well, it's the longest in the world. <laughs> uh, of course it's long, but um, it's, it's beautiful. It'll take you many, many days, but it's like a very um, scenic, um, winding cliffs uh, route. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Count Dracula was written by an Irish author, wouldn't have Count Dracula without the Irish. There's a redhead convention that takes place every year since 2010. I think it's still going. I'm not sure. It crowns a king and queen redhead. Um, and then the last one is that hurling is the fastest field sport in the entire world. And one of the oldest. But basically a slitter, which is the ball. I have one here. Let me see. It can travel 120 kilometers an hour. I didn't plan this, but I actually have some of the um, accoutrements of hurling here. So this is a hurl. It's uh, let me see. It should be around up to your your waist. 
um, you kind of stick a bit of a grip on it so that you can hold it. And you would generally hold it like this. And uh, this is where you would hit the ball with. The ball is called a slitter. This is the ball. It's kind of like a baseball. It's like quite hard actually. Um, and you would hit it like, like there. So yeah, basically that's hurling. And I think that actually brings us to the very end of this podcast. It's quite a long one today. Um, at some point, perhaps I should, when I come back again, do a podcast of like random stuff in my room because I have like things from all over the world that I've like collected over uh, the years. Uh, some are just tickets of things and some are like, um, I have like an ammonite from Morocco, like a fossil and uh, just random stuff that I find in my room. <laughs> Maybe that would be a good podcast, but not for today and probably not for a while because tomorrow I am flying to Spain and I will be happy to get back to the sun because I think that the sunlight helps me when I'm ill. It has been a bit worse to be ill in the uh, the dark <laughs> and the uh, overcast uh, weather in Ireland here in December. And I think that um, I'll be a lot better as soon as I get back to Spain and get some sunlight and like lay on the beach for a while. Of course, the antibiotics will probably help, but I'm I'm still going to probably attribute the getting better to the sunlight knowing me. So yeah, until next time, I will see you guys soon. I'm not sure what we will talk about. Probably, actually, we will probably talk about Morocco from Morocco because that's where I'm going for New Year's. So don't hold me to that, but probably so. So, okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.